Celebrate Halloween with dressed up donuts from Dunkin', like the spooky sweet Halloween spider donut. Trick or treat! Aren't you a little bit old to be trick or treating? Uh, no. This is, uh, it's just a really good uh, costume. Anyway, I hear you're giving out Dunkin' Spider Donuts? Didn't I just see you with your kid? No, that was just, uh, my friend. Psst, Dad, is it working? Run to Dunkin' all month long for the Halloween Spider Donut and get 10 Munchkin's Donut Hole Treats for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Limited time offer. Participation may vary. This week at Restoration Place. So now you folks that talk about your anointing and talk about how gifted you are, that gift does not belong to you. That gift is being written by you and being used by the Holy Spirit to be a blessing to the people in this earthly realm. Praise God for whom all blessings flow. Welcome to this place of restoration. of Restoration Christian Ministries, John Baysmore, Jr. Amen. What a friend we have in Jesus. We can carry everything to him in prayer. Amen. Amen. At this time, we're going to ask for everyone to please stand. We are going to bring forward Amen. Our pastor, I don't know about you, but I'm ready to hear a word from the Lord. Amen. 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 And we have a great teacher in our pastor. So at this time, without further ado, we're going to ask you to greet our pastor with a hearty amen. I guess, yeah, this is working. Well, we're just glad to be here. Give me a little less volume, Trey. We're just glad to be here to Perfect Perfect today in the house of the Lord. Glad for everyone that is here. Glad to see my buddy Dave again. Amen. Come on, let's give Dave a round of applause. He's becoming a regular. <laughs> but we're happy to see him and all of you that are here today. Just glad to be in the house of the Lord one more time. Um, just really excited about some things that the Spirit of the Lord has been sharing with me this week. Um, change is coming. I'm just not at liberty to say anything else, but change is coming. Some good things God has promised. I I just, I'm just excited about it. I'll just say change is truly coming. God said, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, to let every word be established. And I'm just so glad that he is truly faithful to what he said in his word. He doesn't just apply that word to us. He applies that word to himself. What he's speaking to us or speaking about us. So I'm just glad that um, I know I I have witnesses in this realm. And I know assuredly, hear me well. But I have uh, witnesses in the realm that we don't see around us right now. So it's exciting when God will show you things that you've never seen before. Speak to you in ways that he's not spoken to you before. And begin to open up his word. But he does this when we seek him. If we really have a desire to know him intimately and personally, he truly will come to us. But now, here's the thing. Everybody is just not willing to pay that price to do that because there are so many distractions and things that get in the way of our relationship with the Lord and the things he's trying to speak to us. They're competing. and I don't mean they get in his way. They get in our way. There are so many competing voices that we're dealing with, even when we're praying, even as, even as I'm standing here right now. You know, competing voices tries to get into your head and, and into your mind and, you know, tries to, you know, try to tell you the things that God said or the things that God showed you or the things that you experienced. And, well, that's not real. That's not God. But you have to know the voice of the Lord. And I'm his sheep. 
and I know the voice of my shepherd when he speaks. And I got to tell you, it's been it's been a minute since I've been as excited. If this is what it feels like when that baby is getting ready to come out, my Lord, I wouldn't mind having four or five of them. I, I'm I'm serious. I mean, this is this is an amazing this is an amazing time for shut tree. This is an amazing time for us right now. It is. It is. I, now, I don't know the experience, so I, now it's, yeah, I know it's easy to say, but if the joy of if the joy of the after pain is anything like like what I'm experiencing right now, so can y'all ladies agree with that? Okay. So so yeah, because I, I I know the labor. It's nothing that you want to remember or nothing you want to sit around just comparing. But the joy, you know, that the Bible says for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross. You know, he despised the shame. And that's what I'm really experiencing right now. Because you pray so long and you ask God to just show you. Just, Lord, just speak to me. Just, you know, show me something that I will know that I'm on the right track. And when he does that. And then he does it twice, back to back. Amen. So you just, it's, it's an amazing, amazing, and I, I told Darling, as a matter of fact, uh, she had left for work because I had, I was awakened by the Spirit of God at like 2.30 in the morning to write what he had shown me down because I did not want to forget it. And so I went, finally fell back to sleep at about 4.30 in the morning, and then he spoke to me again. And so um, by the time that um, she had left, I was still sleeping hard because I had been awakened twice. But, no, I, but it's, it, it, listen, I, for that, I would have been awakened five times. I mean, I'm serious. It was, it, it was, it was, it was good stuff. It was. It, it was good. So I was really glad the way that God spoke. And, and, and here's the thing. You have to really learn how God speaks. And you have to learn his voice. And you have to take time to, to search him out. Yes. You do. I mean, that's scriptural. I, I'm not going to get into that today, but I can back it up. You have to take time to search him out. And then you have to be diligent and disciplined in that process. Because i give you an example. Then I'm just going to read the scripture and then we'll get right into the word. Uh, I was talking to someone a few weeks ago. And I was, you know, just letting them know this journey that I'm on seeking the Lord. You know, sort of, it kind of reminded me when I was pursuing her. You know, I was not, I really wasn't getting too far at first. No, it's just the truth. I wasn't getting too far. And uh, I did get a little discouraged. And and I remember, you know, I remember that night. I, th- I believe it was a night that I had called you. And uh, we had this conversation. And Trey, I had just gotten, <laughs> I just got tired of it. I had, I'm serious. I had just got, you know what? So I told her, listen, I would love to be with you. But if it's not you, it's going to be somebody else. So it's amazing how I got to go on that date right after that date. <laughs> it's just amazing how that happens. And I didn't um, position my my request to the Lord quite that way. But I did pursue him in a way that, you know, he either was going to answer me or I was going to die trying. Because I, I mean, your pastor was going in heavy and hard. And I just praise God the way that he speaks but again, you really have to learn to hear his voice and to take the time to search out the things that he's speaking to you. Because you will find out when he says out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, that is exactly what he does. When he speaks, he will confirm his word either through you, dream vision, or through someone else. But he always, hear me well, he always confirms his word. So you never have to wonder if this actually was God that was speaking, because I'm telling you, 100% of the time, he's going to confirm his word because that's what his word says. So he's going to be true to his word even when we are. So let's pray and then I'm going to share some things. I'm going to continue uh, talking about the gifts of the Lord, but in a different realm today. I'm going to talk about more so us and how the gifts work in us and how we can prevent that from happening. Uh, So today I'm going to be talking about operating at your anointing level. Operating at your anointing level. We each have been given an anointing and a gift by God to use that anointing. But then there are some things that are expected of us. And we all do not adhere to those things. And I'm going to 
explain why today. So, Father, we thank you today for your word and for your goodness and your mercy, all of the great things that you're doing. Father, I give you praise and glory and honor. Just confirming your word and being true to who you are. Father, you said if we would seek you diligently, that we would find you. Though you are not lost, we are. But Father, we thank you for being true to your word and true to who you are. You truly are a God of character. And we praise and magnify you. And we thank you for what you're going to speak today. Holy Spirit, I voluntarily now decrease that you will increase. That your word will come forth in power under the anointing. And I do believe that people will be saved, healed, delivered, and set free from every yoke and bondage. Amen. And I count it as done in Jesus' name. And if you love the Lord, just say amen. amen. So again, we're going to talk about today, you may have your seats, operating at your anointing level. I want you to go to your Bibles, to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 again, where we were last week. But we're going to go down to verse 14 today. So we're going to start at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 14. And I'm going to read from there. I'm going to read about six verses and then I want you to find in your Bibles as well, Matthew chapter 25. So we're going to start at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 14. And then we're going to go to um, Matthew 25, and we're going to start at verse 14 there. So let's start at 1 Corinthians first. I just want to, this is going to be um, the scripture that I'm going to be talking about, but the uh, Matthew chapter 25 is really going to be my foundational scripture. So let's read this first. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am the hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore this is a question he's asking. Is it therefore, does it mean that it's really not a part of the body? If the whole body were creating an eye, where would be the hearing? And if the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now, now this is important. This is where I'm going to end. But now has God set the members, every one of them in the body as it pleased him. Now let's go over to uh, Matthew Matthew chapter 25, and I'm going to start at verse 14 there. For the kingdom of heaven... Now, let me say this. Whenever the Bible starts out by saying, for the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of, of God is like, what it's doing there is giving you a, a mental picture of how things operate in God's kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is where God reigns. The kingdom of God is the one who's in charge of it. So God is in charge of his kingdom, which is heaven. So now here Jesus, who is actually the son of God, who is actually with the father before times began, is giving us a clear picture. I often say, if you want to get a picture of what the personality of Jesus was like and personality of the Father was like, then read the letters in red. Get your Bible that has the letters in red because here it gives you a good indication of the personality of Jesus and also the personality of the Father and the Holy Spirit and how the, the three of them operate as God. You see, God is not the Father. God is not the Son. God is not the Holy Spirit. God is all of them. So when you say God, that is a plural word. So you're talking about the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. When you're talking about the gifts of God, you need to know how He feels about the things that we're about to talk about. So now, I, I know there's a lot of things that I could show you that's written in red that talks about the personality of the Father. I won't go into those today, and particularly the personality of Jesus, because he's a little more relatable only because he was a physical person just like we are. So when I look at some of the things, when I look at how he operated in his gift, because he could do nothing here without the Holy Spirit just like us. 
he was in this physical body, therefore, he was limited in his power. He voluntarily, no one took it, but he voluntarily gave up the power that he operated in, in the kingdom of heaven, so that he could actually show us here on this earth with a body how to be dependent, reliant, and in subjection to what the Holy Spirit was doing. Now, you've got to understand this. I'm going to talk about this in a second, but I want you to understand when talking about the gifts of God, it is the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God, that is in charge of everything that happens in the spirit realm. Everything that happens on this earth, that's his job. When Jesus was here, he had, he had authority. And he operated in that authority. But now, the things that the Holy Spirit was slated to do, that means before time began, each one of them had a part in the history of man. God the Father did, God the Son did, and now the Holy Spirit does. Jesus, Jesus' part lasted 33 years. The Holy Spirit has been here operating as the Spirit of God, as the Comforter, as the Truth Giver for over 2,000 years. Amen. So now we've got to really learn to give Him praise and acknowledgement. Yeah. We've got to acknowledge Him for who He is. Yeah. Jesus is not here now. Jesus is in the Kingdom of Heaven. The Spirit of God is here. And listen to this. Jesus, well the Father even said, listen, I'm going, when Jesus leaves, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. This is what Jesus said to his disciples. Don't worry, but don't start crying. You know, like we cry when somebody dies because you're going to miss them physically. If Darlene were to pass, I'm not killing you off, baby. But if Darlene were to pass, I mean, I would be sad because her physical presence would no longer be here with me. But I fully understand that when she leaves here, nigga, she transitions into the kingdom of heaven. So now, you know, she has left a legacy here, her daughter Jasmine, that even though she's not here, when I miss her, I can look at Jasmine because they look alike. So I can still see a presence of Darlene here no matter what. So the Spirit of God is the one that Jesus left so that we would not feel comfortless. Isn't that amazing? He promised to do that. And he even said, everything that I promise you, my Holy Spirit that is here, he is the down payment, Nikki, of everything I promise. Which means this. He is the earnest of the promise. So now if God does not do what he said, the Holy Spirit can't go back to the kingdom of heaven. No, I'm telling you, that that's what an earnest is. Y'all know what earnest money is. Earnest money is what you put down when you're buying a house. If you back out of that house after that three-day rescission period, you lose your down payment. The Holy Spirit, say, repeat after me, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. is the down payment the down of the promises of God. So now the rescission period is over because Jesus is there. He's in heaven now. So everything that God promised He's going to do it. So now, when you look at Matthew chapter 25, I want to talk about this first. I'm going to be five more minutes here because then I want to go back to Corinthians. But this gives you foundationally an idea of what the kingdom of heaven is about. Let me read these two verses. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country. So get this in your mind. So now he's telling you how to relate to the kingdom of heaven. Who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. To every man according to his several ability. And straightway took his journey. Now, if any of you would happen to have a dictionary that uh, would give you the Greek definition of a word. You would see that word several means individual. And the word ability there is the word dunamis. So now, if we were to read that over again, he gave to each man individually according to his individual anointing. So now, he gives you gifts based on how you were created and anointed. Each one of us was anointed, not when somebody laid hands on you, but we were anointed from the foundation of the world. So now the very thing that God has given you to operate in this earthly realm, he already knew you had it before you got here. But now, there is responsibility that comes along with this. And I want you to get this. What God gives us is not something that we have earned. It's not something that he gives us based on how we feel.
feel about ourselves. It has absolutely nothing to do with that. He does not give gifts based on what everybody else says about you. That's not what he does. Because here's the thing, if you were to look at certain people, you would think that they're more deserving. You know, some people, and Trey tells me about sometimes about how people come to him and asking him questions, and you know, they may think, well, he's more deserving of a higher anointing and gift than I am because he knows more than me. It's not based on that. That has absolutely nothing to do with it. And the word of God is clear. He gives these things based on what he is pleased to do. So now, he gave this guy, let me go through the story very quickly for you. He gave three people gifts. They, there was money and talent. He was going away. So he said, well, listen, I'm going away. I'm going to give you, I'm loaning you. So he, when he said give, he means he was placing them in charge of it. They still belong to him. So now you folks that talk about your anointing and talk about how gifted you are, that gift does not belong to you. That gift is being rented by you and being used by the Holy Spirit to be a blessing to the people in this earthly realm. So now gifts and anointing does not uh, belong to you. You do not own it, but God gives it to you to be a blessing to the whole body. And I'm going to show you how, uh, how in a moment. But now, here's the interesting thing to me. He decided to give one person five gifts, another two, and another one. Each according to their individual anointing. So there, there is something that has been pre-programmed inside of you that determines the level of the gift that you are going to operate in in the body of Christ. It has nothing to do with how much you pray, how much you study, how well you sing. You know, it has nothing to do with that. You have been pre-programmed from the foundation of a world and God established an anointing in you. And at the appointed time, that anointing that's inside in the Holy Spirit will join together and you begin to operate on a level that's been paid for you by God. It has nothing to do. But now here's the thing. You have to receive that and be willing to be uh, operable and in submission to the Spirit of God in order for this to work. Now, the one guy that had five gifts, and here's another thing. You know that it's, a, it's an attitude that we should receive the things that God gives us. Yes. Have you ever seen somebody that they get something? Here's a great example. Now, for those of you that have children, I don't know if you guys give your, your children gifts at Christmas. But now, the gift is almost not as wonderful as the excitement of knowing you're about to get one. There, there is, when you know God is about to bless you, there is an anxiousness in your, ask me how I know. There is an anxiousness in your spirit, not just because you're going to, you know, because you're worried about what's in it, but you know, it doesn't matter what's in it, you know you're about to get something. And it doesn't matter what it is, you should be excited because God made a promise, which means everybody in here is about to get something. There's something on the heart of God that God has planned for you. I, you Nikki, I know you're excited and you don't know why you're getting this feeling in your stomach because God is about to give you something. I'm not a prophet, Dave. I don't know what it is, but I can tell you this. God is about to give you something. My God. And this always happens just before you get it. So this guy that got five talents there was a corresponding anointing inside of him that was able to work along with the gift that God gave him. You see, God does not give you more than you're able to handle. No. So now if you get five talents, that means there's something that's been planted in you, Corbett, that's going to correspond with that anointing and gift that God has given you. The guy that had two gifts is the same thing. And each one of them got excited. Let me tell you how you're excited. When Trey and Nikki give Nairi and Nehemiah and Josiah a gift, initially, they're not looking at one another. They don't care about anything. They're looking for that box that has their name on it. And they're excited about it. 
and they're not trying to be you see you you know when a person's excited a person that's not really excited they, they're gonna be pulling one ribbon at a time <laughs> one neatly taken I'm not doing that when I get to give I tear that paper I tear it up because there's something inside that I'm excited to see I'm not concerned about your gift I'm not concerned about your gift I'm just excited that I got one so you got to have the right attitude about it. You just got to be excited. You can't be concerned about what somebody else is anointed to do. You just got to be excited that you have got one. Yeah. It does not matter what it is. You know you, there's something there with your name on it. Yeah. Here's the unappreciative person. They get their gift. They open it up. And instead of just really glowing over this gift, this is what they do. And they look to see what somebody... You ever see kids do that? They do. I'm telling you. I know because I was a kid at one time and I did it. So I'm not speaking from something I read. This is personal. I opened my gift. But then my brother and my sister, I kind of turned my head to see what they got. Because if what they got in my mind was better than what I got, now I'm not even excited anymore. And here's the thing, you don't even know the, the complexity of what you've been given because you've not taken the time to appreciate it. Because you turn your head in that moment and you start looking at what God has given somebody else. You have not even opened up your gift and fully inspected it before you're looking at what God has given somebody else. And this is what the guy did that had one gift. Obviously, he had a higher opinion of himself than he should have. I mean, because now he was given one talent or one gift. But here's the thing, Trey, he got one. He, he was giving something to operate with. And the degree of the gift that God gives you that it grows will be the time and the energy and the love and the faith that you give it. You have to nurture the gift that God has given you. But this guy instead, here's what, here's what it showed me. It showed me, first of all, that he was in rebellion. Because instead of appreciating the gift, not only was he in rebellion, but now he was arrogant enough to bury the gift. Which means he was basically saying, I'm not doing anything you asked me to do. So he took the gift... I've seen this in churches before. I've seen it in churches. I really have. People look at people that are out in the forefront. And because, you know, sometimes it's good when people know that they don't have a gift. And it's probably even worse when you think you have a gift and you don't. <laughs> I mean, I can appreciate a person that you're upset because I didn't get that gift, but... It's even worse when you are operating in delusion and you think you've got a gift. I'm telling you now, I don't mean to make fun of this, but I, I need to share a story with you because it's a true story. Now, if y'all know your pastor, you know, I can be, I can, I laugh at stuff. That's just me. I'm not your typical, that ain't me. That's what you're looking for. You got the wrong church. That is not me. So I was working in the job corps. Had been there. <laughs> I had that. She's heard the story before. I'd been there about six months. And they decided to have a talent show. So now, it's, it's really good to know, Nikki, when you have the gift and the ability to do something. But it's a terrible thing when you think you're anointed to do something and you're not. And this person, for some reason, thought they were anointed to sing. So now you got to understand, I want to put this in perspective. I'm a teacher. So now, when everybody else is losing control, I have to be the one that tell the students, now y'all calm down, no, no, we're not going to have that. Normally, that's what I do. But this day... And you know how things, you, you know, I don't, I don't know. It seems like when I was growing up, now y'all probably can't relate to this, but it seems like when I was growing up, the funniest things happened in church. Yep. Where you know you should not be laughing. Y'all ever experienced that? Yes. 
particularly when your dad is a pastor and he's 6'3 and he's looking at you and you're sitting there, your whole body is shaking, but you're trying not to laugh out loud. This is basically what happened that day. This girl put on headphones, I guess a little iPod type thing, and plugged it in to her ear so she could hear. Now you got to understand, we couldn't hear anything. We had no music. All I saw was... <laughs> what? And she went on. See, have y'all ever seen that Eddie Murphy movie where he has the headphones on and he's a, yeah? This is exactly this happened in real life. Day she had the headphones on, she couldn't sing if it meant to save her life, and she went to town. And as she went to town, I parked the car in town. Because I laughed, Trey, the times got better. It's a dangerous thing to think that you have an anointing to do something and you don't. Here is this guy that thought he was deserving of more than one gift. But he proved by the fact that he took what he had been given and buried it. That is the arrogance that we see operating in the church at times. We are so arrogant about the things that we believe we can do as opposed to the things that we know we have been gifted and anointed to do that we get so upset that if we don't have our way, Kobe can relate to this, it's sort of like playing basketball and you, got, you brought the ball there and nobody picked you for the team. So what do you do? You take your ball and you go home. Well, this is, this is what happens in the church. When we don't get to do the things that we want to, not the things, come on, not the things that we were anointed to do, but the things that we feel we want to do. And when we can't get our way, we put our ball in our arms and we walk away. Or we take the gift that God has given. Here's a, here's, this is the reason that Jesus was so upset with this guy. When you take your gift tray and bury it, not only does it mean that you are not going to use it, but it's not exposed to anybody else. And there's nothing that would get God more upset than something like that. With your arrogant self, you're not going to use the gift and then you bury it so nobody else can be blessed by it. That being said, now let's go to 1 Corinthians. The body is talking about there are many members of the body. I want you guys to understand today. That your gift that God has given you is important to the body of Christ. It's important to your church. It's important to your family. There is a reason that you have been given a gift to do the things that you do. Now, you talk about the importance of the eyes. I can relate to the scripture. Because from the time that I was born... I've had 2,200 vision in this eye, which basically means I'm basically blind in my left eye. Trey, I don't know what 3D is like. I can't experience 3D day because I don't have depth perception. That means the ability to see things coming together as one. I don't have that ability. So when I would go to Disney World, and everybody else would be jumping because of the images that was seemed like it was coming off the screen. I didn't know what they were jumping about. Because I did not have the ability to see. It took me years. As a matter of fact, it's only been nine years since I've had the ability to control this eye because of surgery. Because before, now, you know, my friends used to ask me, man, that girl's looking at you. Why don't you go over there and try to kick it to her? Here's the problem that I had. By the time I got far enough away from her to try to talk to her, my eye would go on vacation. (laughs) And my one eye would be looking at her and the other one would be, I don't know where it would be. So I was always wondering, you know, even when I was pastoring before, I knew I had the lazy eye. I just, it made me so insecure. But it also made me appreciate the gift of being able to see. You see, you guys don't know what it's like to experience what I experienced. I was able to be a good athlete only because I was athletic. And I was fast. 
but I didn't have the ability when I was playing football or playing baseball. I couldn't see the ball when it left the bat like everybody else because I didn't have depth perception. So I had to wait one or two steps before I took off to try to catch up to the ball. But even then, how many of you know even the areas that, that you're lacking in God would give you something to make it up? Because even though I couldn't see like everybody else, the ball when it left the bed, I was fast enough to catch up and get it just like everybody else could. So even though you may not have the gift that you want, let me tell you something. God has given you just what you need. How many of you know that you got just what you need? God has given you just what you need. So the Bible says that I can't say to the ear, well, I don't like you, so I refuse to see. Or because I can't hear, I'm not going to be a part of the body. That's not how it works. And I think I gave this illustration a couple of years ago. The brain is what makes every organ in your body function. Without your brain, for the most part, Dave, you're dead. Nothing function. When you hurt your hand, you do not know that your hand is hurting because you see the cut. You know your hand is hurting because your brain sends a signal to your arm that there is danger. Without the brain sending that signal, you'll never know that something is wrong. This is the problem that lepers had. They didn't know when their fingers and things were falling off because they couldn't, they couldn't really experience pain because something was blocking the signal. You see, the things that we experience sometimes, we don't really know something is wrong because we have completely blocked God off. God is trying to get to us by His Spirit, who is the brain of the Spirit. He's trying to get to us, but we have completely blocked Him off, and we can't know when God is trying to say something to us. There's an anointing inside of you. God is ready to move and to to do the things that He has a condition and purpose for you to do, but He can't get a signal through. The brain sends a signal to the left arm. Or sends a signal to the right arm. When the left arm gets hurt, the brain sends a signal to the right arm that the left arm is in danger. The right arm comes to the defense of the left arm, not because of the sake of the arm, but because of the sake of the brain. When you are sent to somebody to be a blessing to them, it has nothing to do with you. God is using you as a member of the body to be a blessing to somebody else. The anointing is not always about you. It's about God using you to be a blessing to somebody else. People do not come into your life by accident. But God uses Kairos moments in time. That means a designated moment for two people to come together as one. You didn't know it, but God knew it from the foundation of the world. Because there is something in you that corresponds to what God is sending you. You don't know why. Have you ever met someone and you get this funny feeling in your stomach? You you know, you you just start, hmm... You just start looking at them differently. There's something in you that's corresponding to something that's in them. Now, I'm not talking about no feeling. Because feelings come. How many of y'all know feelings come and go? If you depend on on a feeling, you are retarded. Because they come and go. I'm telling you. Because you'll be up today and down tomorrow. That's what feelings do. But there's, a, there's an anointing in you that corresponds to the anointing that's in somebody else. And therefore you can't explain it, but you know there is something that is connecting you to that person. Now, it doesn't have to be a physical relationship, but it could be something that God has called you to do that that person has something to do with that. But what if you decide you don't like your anointing? So you decide, I'm not going to expose it to the body. So my left arm gets hurt, and because my eye is or my right arm is mad, it doesn't listen to the brain. So I'm bleeding out because my right arm will not come to the aid of the left arm. And this is what happens in church with the anointing. We are so selfish sometimes. And Paul had to write this Bible for the Corinthians because they were greatly gifted people. 
But they were full of themselves. They were arrogant and they were selfish. This is how they were. He had to write this letter to let them understand, listen, your gift that God has given you, you know, everybody has a gift, but you can't be desiring somebody else's gift. And let me read one more thing, and I'm going to close on this, verse 23. He says, and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. Why? Because you began from a position of humility. When I was trying to kick it to Juanita Stevens, and isn't it amazing how you can remember the name of people when you were 12 years old? But, you know, most people do not forget rejection. And see, I thought, sure, Nikki, that there was a connection between me and Juanita Stevens. School 10, I'll never forget it, in Patterson, New Jersey. We were in the assembly, Dave, and I'm looking down at one. She was fine. Oh, Lord, she was so fine. Nikki, she was so fine. I mean, she was about so high and just had this beautiful long hair. And that was hair. <laughs> yeah, beautiful long hair and really nice shape. Now, you know, when you're 12 years old, you haven't fully... Juanita was there. I mean, she was, and everybody in the school liked her. Just so happened, Trey, one day, I'm looking down at Juanita. I'm sitting in the assembly, so I'm sitting up, and she's sitting down. And so I'm looking at her, <laughs> so I thought. <laughs> I'm looking at her, but obviously, Cheryl, she saw this eye. I'm looking at her with <laughs> this eye. So I'm thinking there's a connection. And I didn't realize she was, I didn't understand why she kept looking at me like, just kind of smiling like, is he looking at, this is what she was probably thinking, is she looking at me? So then I got real bold, my friend Richard called, he said, say something to her. So this is what I did, I said, do you like me? She's like, so she, of course she didn't hear what I said, so she smiled. So Richard, man, I think she likes you. So this is what happens sometimes when we think we got an anointing. <laughs> So I decided to put that anointing, Dave, into play. So after school, you know, I told Richard, so Richard told my friends, I had like 10, 15 of my friends. They were following John Bazemore because he was about to kick it to Juanita Stevens, the most desired girl in all of school number 10. Yes, John Bazemore. So I'm feeling real good about myself. So... I walked up to her, so Richard kind of, go ahead, John, go ahead. Because I was really always shy. I was never the type of guy that could kick it to a girl and had that night. Mm -mm. No, for real, that wasn't me. I never, I never had lines. I mean, I, I would go up to a girl, my jaw would start shaking. I, I just, that was just me. But this day, I was bold. Pat, I was bold. I was ready. Juanita Stevens, glory to God. I'm about to kick it to Juanita. And I went outside when school was over. Went up to her, all my friends trailing me. And then her friends are standing there like, what is he about to do? Now y'all got to understand, Juanita's from New Jersey. I was from Virginia. I've been in Virginia every bit of six, seven months. So I was country. So I was a country boy. So I walked up to her based on the look now that she gave me that I thought she was giving me in the assembly. So I said, I walked up to her, and I said, do you like me? She said, no. They, my world, <laughs> came crumbling down. And all of my friends, how many of y'all know how cruel young people can be at times? They were, they were cruel, yes, they were cruel. They pointed their hands and then Eunice and they started laughing. Ah, ha, ha, ha. And then her friends started laughing. All I could do, and I thank God that I did have speed, because I ran as fast as I could home. <laughs> and I didn't come to school for three days. I left the house like I was going to school. I didn't go to school for three days, because I was totally embarrassed. This is when we assume that we have something that we really don't have or we don't appreciate because you know as it turns out about 
I would say about 12, about 16 years later, I saw Juanita walking in the park. I was actually living in, I think I was living in Roselle. So I came to Patterson to see my friend Raymond. So I was walking, I mean, I was driving by the park, and I was like, Raymond's like, John, slow down, slow down. And he said, this is me and Raymond's statement. No, man. He said, do you know who that is? And I said, no. So he rolled out the window and yelled, Juanita! And she turned around and started waving. And when I looked at what she looked like then, Dave, all I could say was, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> Glory to God! How many of y'all know, y'all stand up, how many of y'all know sometimes the thing, the thing you think you want, you really don't want or need it? How many of y'all have experienced that? You better appreciate the thing that God has given you. Something made the grass may look greener on the other side. But you better operate in the anointing that God has given you. Not try to be somebody else. You, you can't be nobody but the person that God created you to be. I learned years ago, I learned a hard lesson at 12 years old. That sometimes the thing that you think you want, you don't really want it at all. And, you, and God is merciful. And you say, well, God, why did I get that? Because he loves you. And because he was merciful. Well, Pastor Baseball, how can you say that? Easy. Two words. Juanita Stevens. <laughs> A lesson John Baseball would never, ever forget. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you for the abundance of the presence of your spirit. For the glorious and wonderful things you continue to do in our lives. We give you praise and glory and honor. Because you alone are worthy of all of the praise, all of the glory, and all of the honor. Father, you have anointed us with a gift that you have given us from the very foundation of the world. That we should operate in that gift. I pray now in Jesus' name that you would open up our hearts and our minds that we can be receptive to the things that you've given us. So that we can be a blessing the way that you have ordained us to be. It may seem trivial to others, but I know as far as the kingdom of heaven is concerned... It's a game changer. So Father, open up our minds, open up our hearts, open our eyes and our ears that we may see, know, and understand the things that you have purposed for us from the very foundation of the world. We thank you and we believe that we receive everything that you promised in Jesus' name. Introducing Minister Thomas Gilbert with the final word. Good evening, everyone. Uh, Today's message will be fairly short, uh, this final word. Um, I'm just going to talk to you in regard to um, Proverbs 27.5. It says an open rebuke is better uh, than a secret love. And then it follows up by saying uh, in verse 6, it says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, um, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Uh, Many times the Proverbs 27 5 I've heard used to basically justify people yelling at people uh, and uh, belittling them in front of crowds and they would say they would use Proverbs 27 5 as a way to uh, say I'm exposing the enemy or this person has wronged me and I feel as if though I need to demean them in front of people that doesn't even fit biblically when we are told that if someone has a disagreement to go make it right with that person if they will not hear you then you are to go uh and basically bring in uh to the elders to go to a mediator within the church to hear the argument out and then have that person mediate between the two of you and so on and so forth so to openly rebuke someone in this scripture is not so much talking about or giving you permission to yell at the person uh, in an open audience, it's basically saying that, um, in in context of the proverbs themselves, it's basically saying that it's better for you to acknowledge me in public than to love me in private. Um, is the gist of the proverb? It's saying that if someone is concealing their love from the rest of the world and telling you that they love you, then they basically don't love you. And this fits into the scheme of today's relationships uh, where people um, have, quote unquote, side chicks and side men um, 
or side dudes it just it's not right um number one it is uh infidelity uh it is adultery and number two um just in terms of this in particular scripture it is wrong because it's not love in and of itself it's better if you did acknowledge that person openly and harm their harm their character or harm their uh, demeanor or, or whatever it may be if you harm um, their emotions publicly than to claim that you love them secretly uh, and not tell anyone love is exclamatory this is why we wear wedding rings on our fingers why we have a big ceremonies uh, why typically even in the old biblical sense of, of marriage why um, they used to have when the bridegroom came back to claim his bride why they would throw parties and sometimes it would be at night why because they openly express their love love has to be openly expressed and if it's not then it's not love if you have to love in secret love in private and and don't get me wrong there are some loves that need to be concealed because of uh you know apartheid or something like that you know that type of thing but you know if it's if it has to be concealed from the law and you're protecting your life in the sense of um you can't love because it, you you'll die but if someone has you hidden and they're hiding you from their family they're hiding you from your friends from their friends then i would venture out to say that they don't love you at all because love is expressive love shows itself love is love is not quiet at all it's it's kind and it can be calm but it is not quiet love is open love expresses and so that said um Again, I'm, I'm just in a state where it's know the scriptures for yourself. God bless you. I pray that this helps you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Restoration Place on the King James Radio Network. We hope that you have been encouraged and until next time, little prayer, little power. Lot of prayer, lot of power. No prayer, no power. Have a blessed week. Celebrate Halloween with dressed up donuts from Dunkin'. Like the spooky sweet Halloween spider donut. Trick or treat. Aren't you a little bit old to be trick or treating? Uh, no. This is, uh, it's just a really good uh, costume. Anyway, I hear you're giving out Dunkin' Spider Donuts? Didn't I just see you with your kid? No, that was just, uh, my friend. Psst, Dad, is it working? Run to Dunkin' all month long for the Halloween Spider Donut and get 10 Munchkin's Donut Hole Treats for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Limited time offer. Participation may vary. Celebrate Halloween with dressed-up donuts from Dunkin', like the spooky sweet Halloween spider donut. Trick or treat! Aren't you a little bit old to be trick or treating? Uh, no. This is—it's uh, just a really good uh, costume. Anyway, I hear you're giving out Dunkin' spider donuts. Didn't I just see you with your kid? No, that was just uh, my friend. Psst. Dad, is it working? Run to Dunkin' all month long for the Halloween Spider Donut and get 10 Munchkin's Donut Hole Treats for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Limited time offer. Participation may vary.